Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome. I am Heather Caro and I am your host today for Real Presence Live. I'm broadcasting from the Mustard Seed Catholic Bookstore here in Sioux Falls and I was kind enough to set off the alarm this morning, <laughs> the mustard seed. So, you know, I was just waiting to see if the police would arrive, but nothing. So I think I'm okay. But thanks for joining me. It's a beautiful Wednesday. I am loving the weather. Spent most of my evening outside in the yard. Loved it. So let's get started with a prayer, shall we? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart. In union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all our associates, and in particular for the intentions of our Holy Father for this month. Amen. Name Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me. I'm excited to have you here with me. We've got a great show lined up today. We're going to be starting in Minnesota, and then we're going to head to some events that are happening in the Sioux Falls area for youth. And then we are going to uh, talk to Father Boniface Hicks, who is going to be talking about his book, Through the Heart of St. Joseph. And we're going to be talking about um, some profound lessons that we can learn from St. Joseph And it's really fascinating because when you think about it, St. Joseph never uttered a word in Scripture. And so the lessons and things that we can learn from St. Joseph, which is so fitting. And then Sarah Beener is on at 1030. Um, Many of you might know Sarah Beener. She is a huge pro-life advocate here in Sioux Falls. And they are attempting a new approach to combating abortion. So... We will be talking with her at the end of the show. So I'm going to be heading on over. Marv, are you with me? Good morning, Marv. Hi, this is Christy Warren. Hey, Christy, how are you? Very good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for joining me today. You're very welcome. I'm very excited to get to share a story that has been forgotten. Yes, I'm really excited. I read the story all about the Grasshopper Chapel, and it was really fascinating. Marv, are you on the line with us, too? Oh, where did Marv go? (laughs) I don't know where Marv went. (laughs) But first, let's just talk about, uh, we have this program that we've started on Real Presence Live, where we've started talking about summer pilgrimages. Places that we can go in a day's trip. And since we cover such a huge area, um, we're excited to talk with you, Christy, this morning about Cold Springs, Minnesota. So um, tell us a little bit about what's in Cold Springs, Minnesota. Okay. Um, In the 1850s, Father Pierce came 
recruiting um, immigrants from Europe, especially from the Germanic areas. And he brought quite a few people here. And his first years here, though, there was a grasshopper plague. And this is the part that nobody even talks about. And there were some brave, there was a brave priest, and he dedicated 15 years of prayers and fasting for the deliverance. And it worked. Wow. Which was a miracle. And I will call it a miracle when that's like, yeah. and because that's, you know, I'm not talking the, the theological where you have to get it all proved and verified. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, four, around four years later, after all these prayers were said, another um, locust plague. There's a Rocky Mountain locust, and mm-hmm. I even for grasshopper. So... The, the mentality is the word grasshopper and locust are interchangeable, oh. but if you look into science, it is not. Right. So um, the Rocky Mountain locust, um, the Jesuits have it recorded in the uh, 1700s and 1600s on, in California that the Rocky Mountain locust plague were occurring way back then also. So they, wow. they were a natural occurrence. That happened on this continent. Wow. And, Mar- I oh, think Marv might be with us now, too. Marv, are you with us? I am, yeah. Oh, nope. great. We're, oh. I think we're both really excited you're with us, Marv. Thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Marv. Well, I'm a tired, retired banker. And I'm the um, ground chapel. And I've been... My wife and I have been uh, involved with the chapel for about 30 years. Oh, wow. So Christy was just telling us about a plague of locusts and grasshoppers that was plaguing the continent. Um, describe what that looks like, Does, uh, and I'll let either one of you answer. You know, when we're talking about locusts and grasshoppers, what do they do? Siding uh, on their how on on people's houses, farmers' back, where you put uh, out on the wash line, and an hour or two later you go out to, to retrieve it, bring it back in the house. All that's left are the buttons. Oh my gosh! The only thing they don't eat is phone and and, and buttons. Farmers. Uh, thunderstorm or a uh, strong wind and blocking out the sun, the locusts that were flying over the area, they would come in and, and they would be like uh, farmer's field from one end to the other. They start out with knee-high wheat one end of the field, and by the time they got to the other end, there was nothing left but stubble. Wow. Wow. So, Marv and Christy, we're getting a lot of feedback from uh, phones, and so let's take a quick break, and let's get our phones figured out so we can hear you better. Um, So we're going to take a quick break, folks. We'll be right back with Marv and Christy.
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time, and since he is all-knowing and all-powerful, he knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro, and I'm broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls. Thank you for joining me. We're listening to a great uh, story about a chapel in Cold Springs, Minnesota, and we've been talking with Christy Warren and Marv, who are, have been describing to us um, this grasshopper and locust infestation that has gone across the country and what grasshoppers do to fields, to your home, everything else. Uh, Christy, you were going to share with us of something of a flyover. Talk about that. Okay. Um this is the documentation of the 19 or the 1870s locust plagues now. Mm-hmm. And the documentation was much better because Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, all the territories were starting to uh, all the uh, territories were documenting all of this. And these weren't just 5 mile flyovers where the whole sky was dark. They have it documented that they were hundreds of miles long of locusts flying. Whoa. Millions and billions, they say. They can't even estimate um, how many were flying as a, a group. And what, it was total devastation when they landed. It would totally, the trees would not have any leaves left. All the grass would be gone. Houses would be gnawed on. 
Um, and when they came and landed near a house, it sounded like a tornado or a railroad um, cars were going by. It was that noisy. Wow. So it was a very frightful thing. It wasn't just, oh, they're eating our food. It was very devastating to people. That is simply amazing. Wow. Uh, Marv, you're back on with us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about some of the devastation. So t- talk a little bit about, okay, so they want to build this chapel. What What is their thoughts behind it? Well, the thoughts behind it were to ask for the intercession of the Blessed Mother uh, to be relieved of this uh, locust plague. And a couple of local farmers uh, donated uh, approximately seven acres of land, which they called Marion Hilf, or Mary's Hilf, or Mary's Hill. Uh, Marion Berg was the... Uh, Marion Berg is Mary's Hill, and Mary Hill is Mary's help. So they donated the land, and with the help of uh, local farmers and merchants, they constructed uh, a, a wood frame chapel under the direction of uh, Father Leo Winter. And they started in July, and they wanted, and they finished it on the 14th of August, and then on the 15th of August on. Uh, Mary's feast day of the Assumption, the chap first uh, mass was held and the dedication was was held on that day, and the locusts were still there. But by the then tradition has it that by the second mass, the second um, week of the masses, the locusts left the area. And uh, was that common for them to just up and leave? No, it wasn't, no. Um, uh, back in April, prior to this May, July time frame, um, the governor proclaimed a day, of, a day of prayer, and that evening or that day, the, uh, it started to rain, and the rain turned into snow, and the locusts had laid their eggs already for the year, and um, this rain and snow killed a, a majority no of killed the majority of the of the grasshoppers or the locusts, but they were still there were still plenty of them around. Right. But, but then, you know, uh, Father Winter requested um, the building of this chapel, which they did. And uh, by the second week, they they were doing Thanksgiving mass or not Thanksgiving masses, but they pledged that they were going to do Masses for a period of time. And by the second the second Mass, the grasshoppers were leaving the area. And to this day, there haven't been an infestation of uh, locusts around this area or any of the areas that they've plagued over in the previous years. That's amazing. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with Christy and Marv. We're talking about the um, Assumption Chapel up in Cold Springs, Minnesota, better known as the Grasshopper Chapel, which really should be the Locust Chapel, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, it's kind of funny, and a lot of people think <clears throat> that they're going to come up there and see a chapel built out of grasshoppers. <laughs> 
<laughs> they would have had enough. <laughs> yes, yes, they would have. They would have. So yeah. at at this point in time, it is a wooden structure. Yes. Um, that and has saved the day with uh, saving a lot of heartache from these locusts. Um, but that's not the end of the disaster. No. In 1894, in June or July, I forget the exact date, uh, a tornado came through the area, and it kind of followed. It didn't really follow a path, but it started in uh, St. Nicholas to Cold Spring through Jacob's Prairie, St. Joseph, and into St. Cloud, Minnesota, um, which is pretty much the central part of Stearns County, um, where we're located, and it destroyed, it picked up the chapel and destroyed the chapel, and the chapel, the wood frame chapel, landed on two small oak trees. And those two oak trees are still, we are still preserving those oak trees at this time. They are bent over, and you can see, you know, that something happened to them. They're deformed. But the statue inside the building, which was a hand-carved statue by a local artisan, um, J.M. Bruzik, and we are, uh, I had the fortune of uh, meeting his great-great-great-granddaughter a couple summers ago. And she was up here looking for history on him, hmm. and we were looking for history on him also. Oh, wow. And we're still in correspondence back and forth, and we still haven't gotten much information hmm. on that. But uh, with that, the statue was ended up somewhere over the hill, local legend tells us, and it landed in a clump of bushes, shrubs, whatever, and was unharmed. What? <laughs> unharmed. And the, the chapel itself was totally destroyed. Um, after that, the statue itself was taken in by a family uh, of farmers. I'm not sure which farmer. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. But it, it was preserved, and then it ended up back into the chapel when the chapel was rededicated back in 19... 19- 51 or 52, I believe it was, in October, and it's been there since. It's wow. uh, up, uh, an oak carved, hand-carved oak statue. It's about the size, the size of a life-size um, woman, approximately 5 foot 5, 5 foot 6, weighs about 170, 180 pounds. That's and the amazing. Reason I, the reason I know that is because <laughs> I helped take it out and helped put it back in. Um, a year ago, we Incredible. had it, had it uh, restored and reconditioned back to its original colors, and and uh, oh, there's a whole history just on the on the statue itself. That's amazing. Um, so you can now see the statue in the chapel, right? It's absolutely beautiful. It's I would take a pilgrimage just to see her every single day. The chapel is open 365 days a year, mm. 24 hours a day. Uh, during the summer, uh, you can drive up the hill and park in front of it, in front of the uh, chapel and walk to the chapel. In the wintertime, we lock the gates, but you're, you're welcome to make a pilgrimage up the steps. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, you come up the steps, yes, there's 76 steps coming up the hill, but if you say a Hail Mary and a Glory Be, 
Um, <laughs> by the time you get to the top, you've not only had your physical exercise, but you also had spiritual exercise and saying the rosary. Well, plus maybe few, bring, plus you could bring a sled and, and take the easy way down. <laughs> well, there's too many trees. There's too many trees in the way. Oh, beautiful. You'd have to, you'd have to dodge a lot of maple and oak trees. <laughs> the whole hill is covered with trees. Beautiful. It's beautiful. And I remember the days back when I was a child, back in the 50s and 60s, you could stand on top of the, or right in front of the chapel door and look out and to the west, and you could see the city of Cold Spring, Main Street, and St. Boniface Church steeple. Wow. And right now there's too many trees to that blocks the view, but... Um, those memories for me are still there. Wow. So let's discuss, um, there was a time period where there was no chapel, is that right? That's correct, from 1894 to 1951. So then what what caused people to want to build it in 1951? What's the story behind that? Well, I think Father Victor Rowanfitch, uh, OSB, uh, Order of St. Benedict from St. John, uh had a, I think he had a, uh, a very uh, deep devotion to the Blessed Mother, and I'm not. I think there's plenty of, plenty of people um, whose parents and grandparents mm-hmm. lived in the area, and uh, decided that it was time to do something. And then the Alexander family, which uh, was very instrumental in, in the granite industry here in the city of Cold Spring, we. We are St. Cloud, they say, is a granite city, but we are the granite city. We're, <laughs> uh, we're going to put claim to that. And the, you the, heard it uh, here, folks. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, the granite company donated uh, material, labor, and um, craftsmen to construct the new chapel built out of um, Cold Spring granite and area granites, agate granite. Um, and carnelian granite are, are the primary uh, colors, and there's also Rockville granite in here, which is our neighbor to the east, uh, and redwood, uh, mm. building the, the structure to last for a long, long period of time. Wow. Uh, with, you know, regular maintenance, so we've been able to keep the, the structure looking similar to the way it was when it was originally built. Mm-hmm. And everything was built uh, using donated labor, donated time. Uh, uh, the, the, the skilled people at the Granite Company, uh, my dad was one, my uncles were another, hmm. and neighbors and friends, and everybody pitched in and built this beautiful chapel. Beautiful. Uh, it took about a year of time and dedication because these guys all had full-time jobs. Sure. You know, and... In the evening, they got together and they're, they're going to. They went up and they they had supper up there. Women would make a, a supper meal, and the guys would work from after work four thirty until dark, and they'd go back the next day and hmm. spend Saturdays up there also. Wow! So it was a labor of love, and and through Father Victor Rowanfitch, um, we got that's where we are today. Hmm. And as of, you know, the last 30 years, every Thursday night for uh, starting and usually 
of April, early part of May through just about the 4th of July. We want to be done usually by the 4th of July. We, we have Thursday evening novena masses, which start at uh, 7 o'clock with rosary and, and follow up with uh, mass at 7.30. And this is, uh, the chapel isn't big enough to have enough people inside, so we have an outdoor altar built uh, oh, wow. to uh, accommodate we can accommodate up to a thousand people um, in the grass area of the front of the chapel. So well, if you're just if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Christy and Marv about uh, a summer pilgrimage. It's one of the new segments that we have this summer about a day trip that you could take, uh, possibly if you're in the area. We're talking about the Assumption Chapel in Cold Springs, Minnesota, aka the Grasshopper Chapel. Christy, if people were to come and make a pilgrimage this summer to the chapel. Can you kind of give us a visual walkthrough of what to expect? Um, First of all, you would go up, um, you'd hit the intersection of red red lights, and then you'll turn to the left or right, depending where you're on in Highway 23. Then you'll make the first left and all of a sudden you'll see some pine trees on the right, and then you'll see a little granite sign that says the Grasshopper Chapel. And you'll go up it. There's a iron gate of black, and there's a canopy of trees. It's very rustic. Um, so you drive up slowly, about a couple blocks, if you would count it, driving up the hill, and to the left you will find the chapel after you... Um, and parking. It's a very serene place. There's little benches at different parts of the um, grass and trees um, areas. And when you see the chapel, there's some bronze plates that can tell you the history of the chapel and why it was called Mary's Hill. And then it, you know, and our first wood chapel was Mary Help. And then the new chapel, Assumption. Um, chapel, and that was because the bishop in our area wanted to celebrate the new dogma, and he was very excited that this was being built, so we could have one of the first um, in our area that would um, be naming the Assumption after a chapel. Okay. And um, you'll see some slate-looking tiles going to the chapel, and to the right you'll see a gated area with the two trees uh, preserving them for the history of where the first chapel crashed um, and landed and kept Our Lady safe, um, the statue of Our Lady. And then if you keep looking right, there is a area where you can do the Stations of the Cross, also made out of granite. And if you then keep walking straight, you'll see beautiful flowers. We have wonderful volunteers. The grass and the flowers are uh, taken care of by many volunteers over the 50, well, 70 almost years. Um, It's pretty beautiful how uh, they dedicate their time and energy to keeping it nice. Mm -hmm. Then you'll turn left. And you'll see, if you look above the doors, there's an engravement, um, a local artisan, also from the Granite Company, 
um, helped make it, and it has Our Lady with locusts bowing to her. Hmm. It's very pretty. Interesting. Interesting. And then you'll open these heavy wood doors, and you'll go into a granite chapel, which most people have probably never went to before. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's very peaceful. The light will turn on. It's on an automatic light, so... And then you know, there's a kneeler for you to kneel if you want, hmm. or some chairs to sit and just pray. Yeah. Um, it's just very serene, um, peaceful. Those are the things I hear mostly from the pilgrims that do come over. I've only been doing this for four years, so Marv and Anne, <laughs> his wife, have been doing it for over 30. So, Well, we only so we- have a... We only have about one minute left, Christy and Marv. I'm sorry to uh, cut this interview short. Uh, we could have been talking about this a lot longer, but can you uh, let people know how they can find out more information, where they, how they can find the chapel if they wanted to make a pilgrimage this summer? Yeah, the easiest way is to head down Highway, Minnesota Highway 23, east-west, north-south. Um, and when you come into the city of Cold Spring, Minnesota, you'll see a blue uh, his uh, sign on the side of the road that says Grasshopper Chapel, and it's it's in front of the first intersection that's closest to the chapel. You can't okay. miss it. You can't miss Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Well, Christy and Marv, thanks so much for joining me this morning. It's been a pleasure hearing about the Grasshopper Chapel. And we also have two two uh, grottos up there. One to oh, the wow. dedicated to the Saint Joseph, and another one to. St. Francis of Assisi. Beautiful. Well, so thank you for sharing all of this with us, guys. Thank you. All thank right. you very much. Have for a blessed your day. Time. You yeah. too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, it is summertime, and so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about another activity that you could do this summer. So stay with us. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 